Welcome to HRI's Next in Health podcast. I'm your host, Ben Isger. And joining me today is Dr. David Rue, Global Chief Medical Officer of Microsoft, and Will Perry, leader of the healthcare technology practice at PwC. During our discussion today, we will talk about how technology such as data analytics, cloud computing, and artificial intelligence can improve health. Dr. Rue, let me start with you. Many of our listeners know that tech companies like Microsoft have a really important role to play in the health ecosystem, but they actually might be surprised to realize that that requires some clinical resources. So why does Microsoft have a chief medical officer and what's your role in the technology and innovation space? Hi, Ben. Thanks a lot for having me. Generally speaking, when you think about technology, it's oftentimes been in the context of a healthcare provider and an electronic health record. What we've found is that oftentimes care is much broader than that. It oftentimes extends outside of the hospital and the clinic into the home and to everywhere we're at. involves multiple different types of technologies. And as we start thinking about how technology can be used more broadly by more people, different technologies need to be integrated into a common platform. This is where a lot of the larger companies have realized that there is a role to be played, one in which the technologies can be leveraged to be better applied, to improve the experience, to enable more seamless flow of the data, and hopefully allow for more proactive care. Integration of technology into health makes a lot of sense, something that's very much needed. But let's talk about one of the most pressing issues of the moment and see how it plays out. And that's really the issue of turning vaccines into vaccination, something that's on a lot of people's minds right now. You know, at this point, more than half of Americans are vaccinated, but you know, many public health officials would say there's still a long way to go. And it's actually really difficult sometimes to reach certain patient populations and communities, such as those with Medicaid and others. Will, I was hoping we could bring you in on this. And that's the question of how can technology connect those harder to reach patient populations? Great question, Ben. I think my mind immediately goes to digital channels. Digital channels are practically ubiquitous now. The vulnerable, the disadvantaged, these populations are increasingly digitized and are using it for many aspects of their lives. And this is the next one to reach that group. Health plans have recognized this. Providers are coming around to that realization. And some state and local government agencies are getting pretty good at this. I was vaccinated in a rural county health department in the state of Georgia. And they did a first-class job with digital engagement, solicitation, enrollment, follow-up after vaccine number one, reminders for vaccine number two, all predicated on opt-in texting. So it can be done if we decide that it's important and we deploy these resources there. Well, Dr. Rue will mention digital channels and engagement, and that's going to help us get to those hard-to-reach populations. Anything you want to add to that? Well, certainly we've seen uh, different sets of challenges relative to the vaccination. I'd say early in, it was about getting as many shots into as many arms as quickly as possible. That meant that we had to have technologies that were designed around large volumes in terms of communications, being able to receive the inputs from individuals. In fact, a lot of times the demand for questions and for looking at where vaccinations could be delivered was so great that it overwhelmed the system. And and that was an opportunity to leverage things such as the chatbot, cloud-based technologies, 
we've certainly seen great advantages in terms of deploying them, making the care more streamlined. We've also seen, as Will had pointed out, the need for us to be able to have direct engagement with the consumers, the individuals that want to get more information and the shots and the appointments, digital reminders through text, and being able to understand exactly when those appointments can be delivered and we're at absolutely a core part of this. But we're now starting to move into another phase of vaccinations. And this is around trying to make that extra push and directly outreach to the individuals that need the vaccines the most. There are oftentimes, because of a variety of variables that were hard to control, individuals have not been able to schedule or receive the vaccine, and they want it. A good number of them are actually looking for it. They have some questions potentially. And so what we've realized is that empowering individuals that are in the communities working directly with these individuals that have questions and would like the vaccines is so vital. And that's where we've realized that we have to create and then literally bring the technology to them and empower the folks with the tools. And that could be in the form of pop-up clinics that we're standing up in a variety of different settings. It could be in the form of providing resources where they can have questions answered readily. Even telehealth and telemedicine could be used as means to provide some of that additional care. So across the board, we're seeing an extra push into the communities and it's about empowerment. Empowering individuals using technology to do that Will, this sounds a lot like the consumer healthcare experience. I know you have a, a passion for that. How do you view that journey of the consumer healthcare experience and how technology plays into that? Yeah, I think we start with the market and the consumer. And we begin there, we anchor on that, and we work our way from the outside in. And I think we start with the obvious statement that expectations have shifted shifted dramatically in how everyone expects interactions in any industry these days, and healthcare is no exception. Conceptually, this means digital, omni-channel, persona engagement, where the organization understands if it's me, if it's my child, if it's my mother who's receiving care, who's well, who's healthy, and offers me one way to interact with them based on my situation, my family, and how I want to be engaged. Providers have historically offered one way of engagement and expected the consumer to conform. And this means flipping that script. And there are leading organizations out there that have recognized that and they've done a wonderful job starting that journey. Others are now really starting to see that there's been a shift in that locus of control. And they're really recognizing that that is a core competency they need to have instead of something that was nice to have as maybe they've looked at it in the past. Payers, on the other hand, they've historically been reactive to utilization after the emergence of the need for care. And from their viewpoint, this really means advocating for the wellness and the health of the members proactively using the data they have at their disposal and digital channels to drive a very modern experience. I've got just one little point I'm hoping to bring up as we think about this journey. You know, some of our own HRI research revealed recently that more than half of consumers who use telehealth during the pandemic encountered at least one challenge, such as not knowing what their next step was or something like that. So any thoughts on how technology might be able to help solve these type of navigation issues? Yeah, absolutely, Ben. And I think that was probably an artifact of everyone going digital and virtual overnight and doing a yeoman's job to stand up 
processes and infrastructure that they never dreamed of in a short amount of time. And I think what was probably overlooked a little bit was really having a thoughtful understanding of the patient journey from inception to completion and helping the patient or the family member appreciate where they were in there, in that journey and each step so that they could automatically intuit what was next and then be prompted with the kind of reminders, follow-ups that I had referenced earlier around vaccinations. The technology is absolutely there. Certain organizations have done a beautiful job of it where they had the chance to really think through it before the virus hit. I think that's probably one of those small areas of cleanup that everyone's really kind of mopping up now and hopefully becomes just very commonplace going forward. The digital health journey, I think some would say it's often paved with health data and that we're actually living in the golden age of health data. So we're collecting it everywhere, right? From the EMR to remote monitoring to personal connected devices. But the age old challenge is what do we do with it all and how do we create a journey based on that data? So I think Turning to you, Dr. Rue, what is the next frontier for tech, such as advanced analytics and AI, and how are we going to pivot from collection of all this data to really using it for prediction? That's a great point, Ben. And I think that one of the things we have recognized is that the data itself, there's tremendous opportunities to identify which of the data sets are most valuable, most meaningful towards delivering to better outcomes. While we may have a lot of different data points, some are much more important than others that we need to be focused on. We need to also recognize that there's a lot of data out there that remains unstructured in nature that we could potentially leverage. Natural language processing has enabled us to be able to take some of that unstructured data and provide more structure to it. Things such as voice AI, ability to take a conversation, convert that into from not only from voice to text, but understand contextually what it means and integrate that into an electronic health record, as well as text analytics, looking at progress notes and the clinical literature, the full text of the literature and finding articles and information readily, searching large data sets as well. This is an emerging area that has tremendous upside, gives us an opportunity to start looking at some of the different data sets, identifying those incredibly important aspects of care that have been missed or could have been missed. It then applies to how that data is actually actualized. And this is where we're starting to see not just AI engines for a one-time alert, but allowing us to understand that clinical decision support, embedding it within the clinical workflow, understanding how the different individuals within the entire ecosystem need to be informed with the right information at the right time. That combination of AI and decision support and the tools for coordination of care and collaboration are going to lead to a more effective way for delivering this information and effectively resulting in better outcomes. Will Dr. Rue just talk to us about some of the advances we've seen in moving from collection of data to data being predictive? Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think one of the places where we begin to see the application of that that I think is the most exciting is the emergence of hospital at home and how we begin to connect the edge of the cloud into the core. And we use the data to drive wellness and we take it from passive monitoring to active intervention, helping the individual who's on the verge of diabetes from becoming a diabetic and using active monitoring at home post-procedure to try to drive a better outcome in a far more enjoyable and less expensive environment. I think the application of that really kind of changes the game for where care is provided and the quality of it 
post-intervention. Sometimes it's easier to think about the future if we can think about it using frameworks. And Dr. Rue, I'd like to start with you. When we think about moving to a post-pandemic world and how we're going to bring better health to the consumer using technology, how do you view that in terms of frameworks? How do we explain that? So I, I think one of the ways that we can think about it is first, do we really understand the individual, the patient, the consumer, and where they are on their journey. And a large part of that has to do with finding ways that we can acquire some of that data that's out there. It could be from an electronic health record. It could be from a remote monitoring device. It could be from your own genetic profile. It could be from the environment. There's so many different aspects of an individual that paints that 360 view of them and where they're at. Then once we have that information, it's about applying the AI and the analytics and understanding. And we can start with simply dashboarding and looking at how individuals are doing. But what we want to do is we want to start looking at individuals in a very personalized way, looking for trends and opportunities for us to predict what's likely to happen based on the patterns that we've seen with other individuals like you. So looking at large data sets and, and really trying to understand those opportunities for early intervention. And then it's tying back into the third piece, which is around the care coordination and the collaboration and all the tools that we use every day, whether they be mobile phones and apps or electronic health record or tools that we haven't even leveraged today, perhaps maybe teams for telehealth and other communications. These are all vehicles for how this information can be brought to the individuals who can act upon that. There's a continuous cycle, a learning cycle. So once the actions are made, it provides new insights as to how individuals are doing, and we can continue to learn from that. And that's where the machine learning and deep learning algorithms can be very helpful. Well, Dr. Rude just mentioned that we really need to engage the consumer on this journey. And I think my question to you would be, how do we engage them and then also engender trust? How do we ensure that consumers are really part of this conversation? Yeah, it's an excellent question. I think it's one the industry has wrestled with for some time and hadn't landed perfectly just yet. I'll give you my perspective on it. And it starts with zooming out on the concept of trust, because trust can take a few principal forms. But one of those forms is the notion of reliability, predictability. Consumers need to see and they need to feel the emotion of reliability reliability that the consumer controls their information, and reliability that the consumer's information is used for their benefit, and that these organizations, the payers and the providers, they're placing the consumer first in the digital equation. We talk about transparency, but often I think we stop a little bit short of what consumers need, and that's a feeling that it is very reliable and predictable. And those are the table stakes in really starting to engender trust. Very interesting things that we all need to be thinking about on this digital journey, but I cannot let either of you leave without our fun final question that we've been asking all of our guests. And it's really about fast forwarding to our future. And Dr. Rue, let me start with you. What technology that we know about today will have the greatest impact on the health system of tomorrow? I think we're on the cutting edge of how AI can be used to improve all of our lives. 
largely the reason why we haven't been able to leverage it was access to the appropriate data sets, being able to understand that individual. Well, with interoperability rules being enforced, with new data sets being developed from unstructured to now structured, with our ability to start looking at the individual from multiple different angles, we're now at the point where we can start leveraging those tools. We're making significant advancements in multiple different areas. And as we start thinking about how AI is going to transform the lives, it will start with individuals and consumers improving their experiences. It'll start with providers having their experiences optimized so that they don't have to spend as much administrative time doing the things that oftentimes take away from patient care. And then allowing us to become more streamlined and efficient in how we're able to do things. All of that is going to be optimized through the technologies and AI is going to help us down that path. Will, maybe you could help us fast forward to the future as well. What technology that we know about today will have the greatest impact on the health system of tomorrow? I'm going to go a little bit more old school in my answer. I was really kind of reflecting on this this morning. And, you know, it strikes me that there are a lot of things out there that are ubiquitous today. But when they first hit the market, nobody knew what to do with them. Cell phones, iPhones, you know, they were around for a while before mobile really launched. Even the Internet was there for 15 or 20 years before consumers or even businesses began to use it. So with that in mind, I think it's blockchain. I know that's kind of nerding out a little bit here, but I think we're only on the cusp of figuring out the ideal implementations of it and how it can be used in ways we haven't imagined. The most recent example in the media in the last week is non-fungible tokens. A month and a half ago, nobody was dreaming that up. But that's an example of how I think this maybe becomes an underlying vehicle for changing how we look at the ownership of information and the healthcare ecosystem, making it secure and making it portable, which is something I think we've all talked about and dreamed about. And maybe this becomes the vehicle to finally see that realized. Well, two excellent technologies for us to think about, AI, and according to you, Will, the old school blockchain, both will be important to watch going forward. And I think an excellent focus on how we're going to fast forward into the future. Well, with that, Dr. Rue, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about your journey and your vision about how technology is going to change healthcare. Thank you, Ben. It's a pleasure. And Will, thank you. You gave us a lot to think about in terms of the consumer journey and how we can build trust. Always a pleasure, Ben. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please visit our website at pwc.com forward slash HRI. Until next time, this has been Next in Health. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.